Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh uh, in the thick of about 800 games um, that, are happening, that are happening this month. Um, we are we are going to slowly trudge our way through all that has happened. And um, we, we are recording this after the um, Tottenham. The first Tottenham. I, I feel the need to specify, in case anyone is listening to this, you know, like, a week in the future, two weeks in the future, and how there are going to be about 17 games against Tottenham in the next week. This is the first one. Um, and what we're going to be doing today for you is we're going to be covering the first one. We're going to be covering the FA Cup semifinal. We're going to look ahead at the FA Cup final briefly. And um, more pertinently... The second leg against Tottenham, the league game against Crystal Palace, and everything else that's coming our way in the next couple of weeks. This is the added, the, the, the benefit and uh, drawback of going for a quadruple is that uh, the good news is that there's basically going to be constant games every three, four days. The bad news is that every one of them is life or death. <laughs> so, so let's, 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 let's go back a little bit. Because I want to save the Tottenham stuff for a sort of bulky review preview situation. So I do want to talk briefly about the FA Cup semifinal against Brighton, which was kind of a non-event, honestly. Yeah. They in five minutes, and they looked like they just sort of, the rest of the game was, uh, that's, that's that. Yeah, we, got our, we got our goal frankly not a very impressive performance and there's two ways to look at that there always are one it's great if you can play nowhere near your best and win without breaking all that much of a sweat and two that really wasn't all that great is there one that you emphasize more than the other at this stage they won like i I actually prefer uneventful games at this stage because that means players aren't at risk of getting injured uh you're not seeing a lot of 50-50 tackles, which potentially lead to injury or things like that. Um, I prefer this type of game, especially against the type of opponent that, like, look, City obviously want to win the FA Cup. We've discussed that. We've discussed that Pep is a romantic for these types of things. There's really no need to beat on about that. But, but do you really want, like, you look at what happened to Tottenham. They're without Harry Kane for the second leg. City got a break. But speaking strictly about what happened to Tottenham, that's the kind of crap you don't want. You don't want to lose your players in these games. So Gabriel Jesus scores four minutes into this one, and City basically sit back on their ass and and ride it out. I'm okay with that. If, If it leads to a win... Whatever, man. I mean, at this point, I would rather have healthy players uh, and a victory than 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 a ten nothing win where everybody goes all out and somebody comes up with a comes up with a knock and can't play in in a really meaningful game. Because I mean, there's three games against Tottenham plus the Derby all within a month. I mean, and that's not even counting the other games that are you know not quite as high quality opposition, but also like. We're at the point where it's just sort of like, look, if Liverpool drop points, great, but you shouldn't bank on it and you can't really afford yeah. to drop any of your own at this point. City, City need to take care of what the, they can take care of. They, they got five matches remaining. Five. 
five matches remaining, and they really can't drop points in any of them. Um, this obviously doesn't count towards that five, but it does affect the five because it's one more game that City have to play. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine that they, they really didn't do anything and beat Brighton. I, I honestly am. I'm, I'm not going to get worked up over that. Yeah, that's me too. They haven't played. You've seen the game management skills come into play since the international break. Fulham, 30 yeah. minutes, 10 nil up, rest, basically. Um, Cardiff, um, they're actually a bit harder work, as I recall. I mean, I don't remember when they scored. Let me, let me look that Oh, they scored six minutes. That's right. They did score. That was basically they scored six minutes and added a second at the break, took the second half off. Um, and Cardiff had a red card somewhere right. in there. Score within five minutes. He's off. Control the game, you know. Um, it's it's all been very game managery, and they haven't even conceded a goal in any of these games. It's not like they've been like in danger of losing them, really. Um, they've just Cardiff managed four shots on goal in that game, or excuse me, four shots, one on target. It, it's it's just hasn't really been. They they haven't been pushed all that hard in these games. Which is exactly what you want this time of year. I mean, if you can go up 2-0 inside a half hour and then just sort of ease off, that's the dream. That's the most, that's the ideal scenario for you at this point in any league game because you've got so much coming. Um, and, and, and frankly, I think they've managed it pretty well. So I, I too am okay with that. And I, you know, I have always subscribed more to the mark of as long as it doesn't become a habit, if you can win ugly, um, you know, the great teams, win ugly, then you're not going to be at 100% every single game, especially at this time of the season, and especially with as many games as they've played. So you take you take them any way you can get them. If if the Derby, if if Palace this weekend is a scrappy 1-0 in which they play like crap, but they win the game, I will not have any complaints. That's just kind of where we are at this point in the season. This is <laughs> They call it the business end for a reason. Everything is going to be a bit more difficult. Everyone's a bit more tired. You manage what you can manage, and you take the wins however you can get them. Um, a bit more pragmatic than perhaps we're used to from City, but uh, perhaps. But, but this is also not a scenario that any team is used to, um, as far as this many games with this much on the line at this stage of the season. So, totally fine with me. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that Brighton performance. Um, because it's almost case in point, yeah, they actually kind of can beat them in their sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what that was. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the game, except that it's really, really, really great that Kevin De Bruyne looks like he's back on form at yeah. the perfect, perfect time of the season, because he's basically had an unintentional rest here. Yeah, and, and City, part of the season. City looked like they could use him right now, which I'm sure we're going to get to, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah. The, the, just the creativity from De Bruyne, his ability to cross. Um, there's, there's, look, City are doing what they did last year, not not to the extent that they did, but but assuming they beat Palace, they go back on top. If, if everything plays out, even if Liverpool win all their games, City win all their games, City wins the title. Um, so you can't really fault City, you know, doing that. Uh, uh, but uh, I, 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 I just I, I look at, at, at 
what city probably need in a couple of these upcoming games. And I'm really thankful that we're starting to see De Bruyne return to form because the, the city are winning these games, but just like with Brighton, just like with Cardiff, it's, they're not, I mean, dominating. Well, Cardiff, they, they did 79% possession. Yeah, they, haven't, they haven't blown anybody away. I mean, they completely controlled the game, but they haven't, and they, the story of a couple of these games, especially the Cardiff game, was, well, they could have had five. Right. Because they could have, but they didn't, because Gabriel Jesus is um, uh, something I would like to talk about later on. Why don't we talk about Jesus right now? I mean, so that way we can put off the talk of thing. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, they haven't blown anybody away since the 7-0 against Schalke last month. Um, and, he, and before that, they hadn't blown anybody away in a while either. Um, they, they, it's... it's which, again, okay, it's fine. Let's talk about Gabriel Jesus, who cannot stay on... You know, I think at this stage of the season, with so much on the line and the margin so fine, your frustration with the guys who aren't up to the task really starts to grow more than it would otherwise earlier in the season, if you know what I mean? Yeah, because, well, I'm there with Mark. You know, it's, a, it's a lot easier to forgive a couple mediocre performances in, um, in, in say, October or November than it is in April when you're fighting for four competitions and you really can't afford to lose any game if you want to win them. Uh, fighting for three competitions, they already won the one. But, and I think that frustration really bears itself out with Gabriel Jesus. The Guerrero suffers the knock against, I think it was Cardiff that he, he had a minor, was it Cardiff or Fulham? Either one, I don't remember. He suffered a minor... You know, a minor thing that's kept him out for a couple of games, but he obviously played against Tottenham. He seems to be, he's back in the team. Um, but you are forced in those situations to rely on Gabriel Jesus. And he is, you know, it's the... the, the it was full the, it was Fulham, okay. He yeah, substituted during the second half because of Fulham. Because Jesus could have scored four against Cardiff, and I think he scored, uh, did he even score one? I don't think so. Um, no, he didn't. So, and that's kind of the part of the problem here. Well, Bernardo being injured doesn't help either because no, he's been injured for City. It does not help. But it, Bernardo, I believe, was playing against Cardiff in a game where... Was he playing? Oh, let me confirm this. No, he wasn't, but that was because of um, rest, not injury. Um, but, but the point stands is that yes, Jesus scored against Brighton, the only goal in the FA Cup semifinal in a chance that he basically had to convert. If he'd missed it, frankly, it would have been miss of the season candidate. Um, but he's just, it's its the worst combination of two items for any striker. Um, first of all, he can't stay on, onside. I started counting in the Tottenham game when he came on. I think he came on with like uh, 10 minutes 10, 15 minutes left. And I said, look, he's going to be caught offside seven times in, in, in this 15 minutes. And he didn't get to seven, but he got pretty darn close. I think it was like four in, in a span of not much over 10 minutes. And then when he gets the chances, he, he does not convert them reliably. I'm not... You know, he's 22 years old. I get that. He's young. But you need something more reliable if Aguero is hurt. And Aguero has a long injury history, and we both know this. And he's past 30 now. And we are to the point 
where I think Pep knows this too, considering how often it has been said that they are going to buy a forward this summer. Gabriel Jesus ain't it, as far as Sergio Aguero relief goes. Not reliably. He's going to have some really good games, but he's also going to have these stretches like the one he's in now, where he can't buy one unless it's put on a plate for him. And frankly, we're in the part of the season where you need something more reliable than if it's put on a plate for him, he'll probably score it. But otherwise, you know, that won't do. You cannot blow as many chances. And I just don't feel comfortable with him leading the line at this point. No, nor do I. I never have, if we're being honest. I, I Listen, when, when Jesus first came to the squad, there was a novelty, and it was almost like Iheanacho, like, oh, you know, there's... There was some life there when he came, because at that point, Aguero was still struggling to come to grips with what Oriola wanted. Right. And he put Jesus in there, and Jesus seemed to get it a bit more instinctively. And it, it's funny, in retrospect, how I believe his first goal for the club was ruled out for offside. Um, it was kind of a sign of things to come. Right. But, but it, you know, at that point, there was an energy, you know, he was lively. The link-up play seemed to work better with him and the team. Well, you know, now Aguero has shown what, what a player who can do all that, but also score tough chances looks like. Right. And it looks a lot different. Well, Jesus, to me, is is an interesting player. Um. I don't think he's a natural scorer. I, I, I think there's an argument to even be made that he's probably a, a he he's he may be somebody that would be better served in a different position. Um, I don't know if he's capable of doing that, um, but I just I, I I'm with you. In that once there's relief and Aguero cannot come on the pitch and and you need to have somebody relieve him, Jesus doesn't even come close to giving you what you lose with Aguero. Um, And it doesn't help, I think, that many times when Jesus plays, there's sort of a secondary lineup out there as well. You get Mares on the pitch and... I don't necessarily know that the service into the box uh, helps Jesus any, but you are right about him having a massive problem drifting off sides over and over and over and over again. And every single time it happens, you know, you don't even get another chance to attack. It's just the whole attack, just done. You're done. Yep, it's over. That's the end. I would, you know... I could, I, would, I could probably live with, with one and not the other, but it's just almost impossible to cope with the, the offsides because it's it basically, we don't, we don't you know, if you, I've, I watched a lot of basketball in the last month, and so, you know, turnovers, huge deal. Um, turnover margin, such a big deal. If you can limit your turnovers in a basketball game, you're in pretty good shape. Um, we don't count turnovers in the same traditional way in a soccer game or in football. We should, honestly. We really but, should. You know, we probably should. And every time he's caught offside, it's a turnover, yep. basically. Yep. It's a turnover because the other team gets a goal kick or a free kick, uh, you know, uh, from basically in the box. It is a, you know, it's, 
Guardiola is one of the worst things in the world you can do in a Guardiola team is give away possession. Um, and, 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 and this is a situation where, you know, if you give away possession, you better go win it back. You can't win it back in this situation. It's just a giveaway. It's just an ending, ending possession with no end product and no real benefit. And it's baffling that it, it hasn't even improved. If anything, it feels like it's gotten worse. Yeah. I don't know if you, but, it, you know, I, I mean, he's always had a problem with it, but it just feels like it's even worse now. Yeah, it, it, the frustrating part, I think, is that w when you have these games where goals are a novelty and you're trying to just get one across the line and, and th there's no understating how frustrating these turnovers can be. Um, it, it Like you've already said, it, it peters out the attack. <clears throat> And I wonder, after a while, does it start to affect the players, the other players and their service to Jesus? Do they then become hesitant to fire the ball up to him because they're not sure if he's going to be offsides? You know, and a lot of that is 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 sort of looking up and seeing the pitch a lot like you're talking about with basketball. You have point guards. Their job is to see the floor. Similar to what De Bruyne does with City, Bernardo does with City, their job is to see the entire pitch. That you know, they're 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 trying to see where players are going to be before they're going to be there. And if you have a guy that's perpetually offside, that to me feels like it could then become a source of frustration for the other players who are trying to feed service into him. And those services may stop coming, or they may feel like, oh, I'm not sure. And he was on side, and it would have been a great chance, but they didn't fire it in because they're not sure, and he's traditionally at offside a lot. Yeah, that's a really good point that I hadn't really even thought of. Um, and and it's you know, imagine if you're Kevin De Bruyne for a second, because you are one of the best passers in the world, especially from from a deeper line position, and you. And you swing in all these balls, these really good balls that, that, that are put on a plate, you know, like, like the one in the FA Cup semifinal that was mercifully onside and mercifully did count. But you, you know, how many of those have you wasted on a player who, who's offside, who can't stay onside? And, and if you're De Bruyne, you need to be in, in sync and rhythm with the guys on, on your forward line, the guys that you're passing to, whoever they may be. Jesus just seems to disrupt that rhythm um, for that for that reason and other reasons. Um, it's just there's there's a couple players on this team right now, and I think you can guess the other one that I just find really disruptive to City's attacking play. Gabriel Jesus is one of them because of the offside problem. And, and frankly, because he's not a reliable finisher at this stage of his career. No. Will he ever be? I don't know. I truly don't know. I don't think um, he will be. I don't. Because at this stage, you and I have a general rule of about two plus years for players, right? That, that, that's our rule. Um, you know, we, we, with Mares, you and I are fed up, but we've both agreed that this is year one for him. And... Yeah. 
we are going to wait until year two before we levy judgment. But both of us have said there's not going to be a lot of patience for Mares in year two. And we don't have a lot of hope for it because generally by the end of year one, if a guy's getting it, it shows. And he's not getting it. But 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 this isn't about Mares yet. Not yet anyway. Not yet. This comes back to Gabriel Jesus. And and I think, you know, uh this guy has been with with City since since Pep came. January of 2017, that, to be exact. I mean, that's that's two years. We're over two years. Yeah, we're over two years. This is going to be the end of his third year with City, um, for the most part. Uh, <sighs> look, I, I I don't know, but I don't have a lot of faith. <clears throat> I, I I know, but but Guardiola traditionally will stick with these types of players. I mean, he did it with Muller at Bayern. And I think that Mueller is a, is sort of a similar player um, to Gabriel Jesus. Mueller w- w- was a bit more reliable, I-, I think, at first. But but what he's become and what Gabriel Jesus has become are sort of, to me, somewhat similar. And I think that the interactions with he and Guardiola have become similar to that. Um, but I think there can be no mistaking that City need forward help. Uh, Look, even if you say, I am comfortable with Jesus, but I'm not sure about uh, Mares, you still have two players that are huge question marks, and both of them are at the forward position. And the funniest part about this entire conversation is that you and I started the year bitching over the fact that they went after a position of strength rather than a position of need, and it's turned out the complete opposite way. It's true. And I was never even really, you know, I'm not, I'm still not Tamaris, but I was never keen on the Mares signing anyway. I think you can go back to me, like, what's happening, literally on this podcast, just saying the word meh. <laughs> but I think Jesus will get another year. I mean, you think about Raheem Sterling, who had his breakout year, he's 22, 23 years old, last season. He turned 23 last season, turned 24 this season. Time is running low for Gabriel Jesus to sort of get his breakout, his consistent, you know, to do what Sterling did, which is essentially transform yourself from clearly talented but unreliable in the box into clearly talented and also super reliable in the box and and the team's best winger and one of the first names on the team sheet. That is a transition that Raheem Sterling made last season. He turned 23 last season. Gabriel Jesus turns 23. I can't type today. Gabriel Jesus turns 23 a year from now. He just turned 22 a week and a half ago. So he is a little younger than Sterling was when Sterling made his breakout, which is why I think he will get one more year. But, as with Riyad Mahrez, I think next year is going to be either a show-me-something or I will show you the door year. Yeah. Um, to, to put in in, in, a, in that sort of way. And he's going to phase out competition because I do think City will sign a forward. I've read it 
several times now. I don't remember. I mean, Luka Jovic keeps coming up. I'm not going to. So, same with Joao Felix. I'm not going to opine on guys that I haven't really seen play. Yeah, I haven't watched Benfica. I don't know how these guys are. But I do think that no matter what, they're going to sign a forward, and I think that Gabriel Jesus is going to face a lot of competition. Because there was a time that it looked like he'd supplanted Sergio Aguero. Yeah. And that time has passed. It is a long time ago now. Um, and I think he's going to have to fight for it. And we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see what that does for him. But I'm, I'm not optimistic. Oh, Come on. <laughs> I'm not optimistic, but at the same time, I'm not pessimistic. I, I, don't know I, feel. I just he's don't know. Talented. He's a clearly talented guy. Yeah. But there's more, you know, we, how many guys have we seen with talent that couldn't put it all together and reach their potential? See, you, you brought up a really good point about Raheem Sterling. Like, Raheem Sterling was obviously here b- before Pep came, even though yeah. there's there a... There were people who wanted to boot Raheem Sterling out the door when Pep came in, and there were people who still wanted to boot Raheem Sterling out the door after Pep's first season. Yeah. And, and, and Raheem Sterling, man, the knock on him was that that kid couldn't finish. Like, he would never be a finisher. And holy shit, has that narrative changed. Um, Raheem Sterling, I, you know, last year alone uh, for him in some of the critical goals that he scored uh, to help City. Um, yeah, I, I mean... It makes you want to give Jesus another year because he's had that mixed success like Sterling did. You know, you feel There's enough there. there. You've seen enough from him that makes you think he can do it. Yeah, I have. I like him. I don't. Honestly, if you told me that City are going to sign a forward and somebody has to go, I am not pushing Gabriel Jesus out the door. It is it is Riyad Mahrez going on a loan. He's out the door. Like, it's, it's, it's not even up for discussion with me. If we're breaking our own rule, then, yeah, he's the guy I'm shoving out the door as well. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that they should. I think that they should move Mares out the door and, and, and bring in – let Mares loan him out to another club in the Premier League and, and see if this is – is this an attacking style thing? It, it, does he lack confidence? Does he feel like the money he signed? Like, I – I don't know what's going on with Riyad Mahrez. That's the thing. It's too late for a loan. He is what he is. I mean, we've seen him at Leicester. We saw him. Yeah, but people would take it. You're telling me nobody would want Riyad Mahrez on a loan? I think it might have to be a loan because his wages are probably high. And this season has done nothing to help his value. Ah. That's the problem. I agree with that. I think there are people who would take him, but I, you know, I think you've kind of if you're looking for... Is it like an Eliakim Mangala situation? Because I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> apparently, we apparently we just re-signed the dude, which... Yeah, and he hasn't played since. I, it, Manchester City legend Eliakim Mangala, dude. They must be really, really married to the idea of the $8 million that they might get for him. <laughs> <laughs> When, when Manchester City tweeted that. Like, because I had to do a double take to make sure it was a verified account. It wasn't April 1st? Yeah, I had to do a... I needed to see the check mark, you know? Like... Right. 
I was the same way. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to, the world is on fire enough as it is. I'm not going to spend time thinking about this and driving myself further toward the brink of insanity. Yeah. Because that's how I would, you know, that's what would happen. It, yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> the, the, the gif of, of like the, the wherever it's from with the, with all the, the equations on the screen and the eyes like going back and forth looking at that was me that was me at that moment see i i, I if, if if i had to describe it in a gif i'm peter griffin just sitting there blinking like <laughs> what <laughs> <That's>, yeah <laughs> the reactions the reactions to that on twitter though were worth uh, 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 Manchester City, I suppose, re-signing him. Like, apparently it doesn't affect them in the slightest, so I don't give a crap how they want to spend their money. Like, oh, yeah. They have it's enough not of gonna, not, Akeem Mangala is not going to bankrupt the club. It's just a bit weird. It is! Uh, so. And I'm not even sure where he's playing. Is it still Everton? No, he's still at the club. He just hasn't played. Oh, he's back at City. I thought... Yeah, he's, he's at City. He's been here the whole time. I just don't think he's done anything. Okay. All right, well, then. I hope he's enjoying it. I mean, if you can get paid... write a diary. If you can get he paid... He should become the new Marty Perrineau. Basically, if you can get paid what he's getting paid to do what he's doing, I, I mean, sign me up. Yeah, more power to you. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, the competitor in him wants... I'm sure he wants to play. Yeah. I don't want to make him out as, like, some mercenary who's just, like, sitting in a recliner. No, and, and, and we know athletes. We cover athletes. These guys are professionals. They want to play. Yeah. But... They're not they're trying to sit on a bench, but... There, there are worse lives to lead. <laughs> Basically, that's where I come down on it. Like, this... The whole signing of Mangala, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but okay. Obviously, Pepsi's something... So, or, or, maybe he's one hell of a scout team guy. Or Shiki sees something in the transfer market. That's the only other I, thing I can think of. I, I can, maybe he's one hell of a scout player. You know, like <laughs> maybe he's he's a glue guy. Yeah, like he he just he's a guy that drives your team. Your first he's the heart of the practice squad. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the only thing I can come up with for Mangala. But but drifting back to to Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, let's. Let's let's finish that up because I think I, we're roughly in agreement on this. Yeah, I want to see more from him. I know he can do more. Um, let's you know let let's see. But 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 Riyad Mahrez, I'm gonna have zero patience for coming next year. I mean, I'm not gonna slate the guy if he has one bad game to start. Like, there's gonna be a window that I give Riyad Mahrez, and, and not every guy is gonna be effective every game. That's, you know, that's why you have a team of 11 players to sort of pick up the slack. But if we've hit, you know, the, the January transfer window and Riyad Mahrez is sitting on two assists and one goal, see ya. Don't care. Yeah. Just I, care. Mm-hmm. If, if it's anything like this season, then I think he's out, he's out the door. Especially um, if you look at where Liverpool and City are at, like... Right. It's basically emerged that Liverpool and City are going to be the teams who spend the money um, and, and hire the coaches to, to sort of not just win now, but to win in the Champions League as well. That's 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 what Guardiola and, and Jurgen Klopp have been hired to do. And, and for the most part, 
both of those guys are doing what they need to do. So that then puts extra pressure on the players to perform the way they're supposed to perform because of the expectations that both fans for both clubs have for these teams. So, I mean, that we both are in agreement on Gabriel Jesus. We're both in agreement on Riyad Mahrez. Should we move to Tottenham? Should we Should we finally go there? Because it seems like everything it's, is... It's been, a, it's been a half hour and we haven't touched it with a 10-foot pole, so it's probably time. All right, well, let me get out of my gloves because I still don't want to touch that piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we both sort of like subconsciously put this off out of an avoidance of wanting to deal with this one. You know what frustrates me about that? That game really should have been zero zero. Like there was no reason for Son's goal to go in. It should have. Yeah. Um, uh, Ederson came too far out. He should have stayed where he was. The defense just got picked apart. It was that it was just a failure of everything, and City hadn't. It was the one time in the game that City ran the ascendancy to. Yeah. It took them like 70 minutes to finally start looking like they had an advantage, and the moment they got it, they got sucker punched on the counter. Anyway, I have, a, I have, I'm trying to figure out where to go with this because this was one of those games where as soon as you'd see the team sheet, you think, oh god, here we go. Yep. This as soon as I saw the team sheet, I knew City were gonna lose. I even this tweeted it. The moment you see Fabian Delph at left back... That didn't bother me. It was the combination of everything that bothered bothered me. It was not one thing. I mean, once we knew that Bernardo Silva was out because of injury and not for some odd reason, I was like, okay, fine, but still, you know... Sané should have started. It should have been Sterling and Sané. It really should have. Let's go over this, because did you happen to read Sam Lee's article today on goal? No, I didn't read his article today, but I've sort of been reading everything else. I just haven't I haven't gone on my app goal app today. He straight up, you know, it wasn't straight from Pep's mouth, but it was clearly well sourced from the city hierarchy and the city coaching staff of what exactly the plan was. And basically the plan was exactly what happened more or less. He's prioritizing Palace, Spurs, and United because those are all finals and he doesn't think they can afford to lose any of them. And he thinks they can afford to lose one leg at at Tottenham and didn't want to get blown away like he did at Liverpool last year. Now, the question I think in my mind is, it more, you know, he did get the one, you know, they're still in the tie. This isn't last year against Liverpool where it's going to take, you know, a miracle and a half in the home leg to get through this. I mean, um, nobody, just, yeah, nobody has an illegal advantage right now. I'm, I'm going to read this verbatim. Sources told Gold that the Manchester City boss set out for a tight game against Tottenham on Tuesday and would have been happy with the goal of straw, um, which they probably should have had and nearly did have. Um, and frankly, they could have been one up if Aguero, which we have talked about before, Converting penalties in big spots. I think we might be having an entirely different conversation if he scores that penalty, which was a penalty, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, I, 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 people are bitching about that. They're like, oh, he slid. I'm sorry, when I slide, my arms don't go in the air. I'm sorry. I have, I have done my fair share of sliding, simply running from the police and playing baseball. Like, like I... I 
that was a completely unnatural position for his hands, and he put it up. That That is a penalty. They call it on everyone, man. I will say the one thing about the penalty awards on the air in the Champions League is they have been consistent. You can't sit here and say, well, you know, this was, that was. Look, it's been a penalty every time. So there comes a point where you have to adapt to the rule. They're clearly going to call it. This is not selective enforcement of a weird rule. They're calling it. Get used to it. They're calling it on everyone, and they're calling it very consistently, like you said. You can go through and find video. I think we've had this discussion before. I will take a lot of different styles of refereeing as long as it's consistent, as long as you know what you're getting. You know, if you are going to referee a game and call nothing except the most egregious of fouls, all right, just do it consistently. If you're going to whistle everything, okay, just as long as you do it. You know, I have certain complaints with each style, but I think I'm more concerned with consistent officiating than anything else, and they have been nothing but consistent in applying the penalty awards in the Champions League. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's... um. It, it, it For me, I've seen so many replays, you know, e- even just Champions League discussions uh, after, you know, you watch your game and you're watching highlights from other games. This is called every time, guys. It really yeah. is. Even for the yeah. stupidest reasons, yeah. it's called. The Otamendi one against Schalke. Yeah, you, you have, yeah. You have to you adapt. You know, I hate it at the time, but now, you know, we're seeing it applied recently and I was just like, well, all right, fair play. You're, you know, you're calling it. You know, it is what it is. You know, Man United are th- got through the Champions League because of it. And I didn't like it at that time either because, you know, I don't like PSG, but, you know, I always want United to go out. And you, you look at it, it's like, well, you know, yeah, they're calling everywhere else. You know, it, you know, you, you, I'm, you can have the debate over whether this is ruining football on a different day. It's not one I'm particularly interested in having because... Ruining football is so subjective and stupid. Like, the league's making more money than ever, but sure, okay, this is ruining it. It's a go-to catch-all phrase for people who are angry online and want you to know it. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't interest me in the slightest. Um, But it was a penalty. And if he makes that, suddenly you have a lead and away goal and it's a completely different tie, and then Guardiola can really, you know... If he was trying to be pragmatic, then he could really go pragmatic. Yeah. And maybe we're sitting here talking about City with a 1-0 away victory in the Champions League that, more or less, it doesn't kill the tie, but it gives City a significant second-leg advantage because Mm -hmm. they have an away goal, they have the lead. That is the optimal situation you can go into in a Champions League tie going home. Instead? That's perfect. And instead, he misses. And it wasn't a great penalty. No, it wasn't. It's the first time that's happened in the Champions League for him. No. And, and, and I'm not and you, sure if it's mental or what. And, you know, he didn't really look fit either for much. No, and, and the weird part is, is it looked like he didn't even try and confuse Maurice on that. Like, I saw him staring at the right side, and that's where he went. And it's just like, okay. I mean, I guess. His last, his last three penalties have been poor. That one, and then the one against Swansea that went in off the keeper when he hit the post. He basically <laughs> missed it. It was an own goal. And then the one of the penalty shoot against Chelsea in the League Cup final that basically Kepa should have saved, but didn't. Yeah. Those, there were three really unconvincing penalties. Two of them missed. One of them should have been missed. 
And, the, and I'm not, you know. Who would you, who, who would you have had taken? We've done this a million times. You know, I thought immediately, oh, it's going to be Aguero. But it's just, it seems like such a situational thing for him, because we've seen him convert so many of them in the league without really much of a problem. It just um, seems, it feels like big moments get to Aguero. Big moments and big games. I'm trying to remember who else was on the on the pitch at the time because the the problem is City don't have another. It was the starting lineup at the time because it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. And it's like if not Aguero, who? Raheem Sterling. Eh. You know, he scored and he scored one, but he's not a regular penalty taker. We had Mares. We had Mares's biggest penalty. You know, how many penalties has he taken? I can remember. Yeah, Re- I don't want Riyad Mares taking another okay. penalty. Um. David Silva, absolutely not. Oh. Fernandinho, I think, has made a couple, but again, not a regular. Gundogan. It's not like you had Gaga out there, you know? Yeah. Gundogan scored penalties for this team before, and he scored one in the Champions League final. That, I guess maybe that's my second choice. But it's, you know, they're... I'm trusting the Germans. They're pretty good at that penalty the thing. Germans always, the Germans always make good stuff. Um, I, the, the frustrating thing, you know... It's, the right guy took the penalty. It was just a bad hit. Yeah, it's just a bad penalty. Hey, you know, that's you know, if there's a flaw in City and it's kind of a nitpicky thing, but it is that for a while now, since especially since Yaya no longer became a regular and left the team, they haven't had you know who's the reliable penalty taker on this team. And I'm not suggesting that you go out and like buy a penalty taker for the sake of buying a penalty taker. That's nonsensical and stupid. But there isn't really that one convincing name in the team that you can just like point to and say that yeah, he's 99% confident that he's going to make it. With Aguero, I would say, you know, he's 75, 80% confident. That's a good ratio, but it's not like the ironclad ratio that you want for a penalty taker. Um, no, there's there's a couple things I trust Yaya to do. One, no, is, that was, to, that was one is to get upset over petty shit. Two is to bury any <laughs> penalty he takes, and 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 I, I forgot the third one, but it was actually pretty funny. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll remember it. Uh, sure. uh, but, he's a pundit now. Of all the people from that era, he's not on the list of people I would expect it to go into punditry. Oh yeah, I remember the third one. It's to hit a kid in the face with with a random wayward kid like. That that is that will forever be the greatest video I could watch Yaya drill that little girl in the face over and over and over. It's just the absurdity of the video. It's the hands hanging in the air after the face. That's not important enough for that phrase to be taken out of context. No, 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 no. And, and to be clear, like I, I know Yaya spent time with the girl. I like he he you know did a whole fine, right? did a whole thing. But that video itself, just with the arm hanging in the air after the face goes back it's it's just a funny video it's something that that you'll it sucks at the time but you laugh at it later you know um, fun for the whole family as long as everyone's okay it sucks at the time you laugh about it later it's sort of like tripping and falling when, when you're out but you run the risk of these things happening at a sporting event it's not malicious Yaya wasn't trying to drill the kid it was just a rather amusing moment if you kind of have that sort of sense of humor, which I do. And we just lost 20 listeners. <laughs> um, you know, 
But, but circling back to Tottenham, let, let's 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 look ahead because we've already looked behind. Yeah, I mean, I just my verdict on this is basically okay. If that was the game plan that he wanted to go in with, it mostly worked, mostly. But you've put yourself in a tough situation, and really, really, this is the heart of the question for me. This isn't Liverpool. It's not Barcelona. It's not Real Madrid. Are Tottenham worthy of that much respect? They haven't been playing that well lately. I don't know. Yeah, I don't... These are the questions that he's paid millions of pounds a year to answer, and apparently he decided yes. Um, (laughs) it, it, It was an immensely frustrating game to watch. Because it was, once again, for better or worse, Guardiola compromising on his principles. That was pragmatism, pure and simple. Pragmatism bordering on fear, I guess is the way I would put it. As as evidenced by the fact that he didn't make the subs until the 89th minute because he was scared of being picked off for a second on the counter. And I just don't know that Tottenham deserved that much respect. No, I I, I don't... (sighs) It's difficult, but my, my, you know what my biggest frustration with this game is? If I look at every other game that they've played against Tottenham, it's the thing. they've never had any problem with Tottenham. Not, not to this extent. And, and, and you suppose the first game he played against them and has won. And he, didn't, he, he drew the home game in the first season, but he's won every other game since. Yep. Generally, quite convincingly. Yeah. Four-one and three-one last season. He won one nil on the football pitch this year. It's just, it's, it's. This isn't like a buggy team that we're looking at. It's not a team they've had immense trouble with. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. It's frustrating. What, what, what do you think you should do? It, it, what would you do if, 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 uh, if you had control of this team? What, what, what would you do for the second leg? Second leg? Yeah. I mean, I think that we will see something much more akin to what we're used to seeing. I think Sonny's coming in. I think, um, I don't know who's going to be fit or left back at this point, but if Mendy's fit, I think Mendy's coming in. Um, I think that you, we're going to see... I, I would play, I would honestly play um, uh, Laporte. Sorry, I was drawing a blank there. At left back? Yeah, he has before, and it worked. Sort of. Didn't work in, in against Liverpool last year. No, it didn't work. It didn't work against Liverpool that was last there, year. In fairness, there were a lot of other things that met in that setup that didn't work either. Um, I think this he's clearly tried to reduce this to a one-game final in which they're going to go for it. They're going to go for the jugular. They've put themselves in a very difficult situation, but they know they can beat Tottenham by multiple goals. They've done it before. They did last year. Um, there will be no Harry Kane. We know that much. Nope. He's done for the season. Um, I don't know about Deli Ali. He broke his hand in that game. Naturally, that's not really an injury that, you know, in theory, you could find a way to play through it. But that is a question. Um, They, they've put themselves in a difficult but doable situation, and to be clear, I think they will do it. I said that even in my frustration after the game. I said I still think they'll go through, 
because they are a lot better than Tottenham on paper, if they play to their potential. They've shown that in their head-to-head matchups. Um, but I think they need Aguero to be firing. They need Aguero to be fit and firing. They need De Bruyne. I would drop David Silva straight out. I would drop David Silva and put Bernardo, De Bruyne, and Fernandinho in the midfield with Sané and Sterling on the wings. David Silva hasn't played well for months. He didn't play well on the first leg. He didn't offer really anything. Um, and and I think it's that's that's I think that's the blueprint, and I think that's what they're going to do. They are going to go in with guns blazing, and if they lose, they lose. Um, but I think that this is we play the way we want to play. All that that he usually says. I think this is where we see it. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I think City are going to get knocked out. I do. I think it's just going to happen. I mean... Are you looking at something like a 2-1 with Tottenham going through on away goals? Yeah. I can just see City building up 2-0, the fans celebrating, and then in minute 92... They are never going to beat typical City out of us, are they? Nah. Because this, this team has not given us a lot of reasons to doubt them, but at the same time, they, they have put themselves in a tough spot. Yeah, I... I would argue needlessly so, but, you know, I, whatever. I think they're going to win the FA Cup. That's, that's to me, a foregone conclusion. I agree. I think I think Pep is going to put out his, one of his strongest teams, and, and they should dominate the Wolves. And win that game. So there will be a double. not even the Wolves. Watford won that game. Excuse me. Yeah, Watford. Excuse me. Watford I don't know why. The whole the whole yellow black scheme confused me. Well, I mean, Wolves. At, at seventy five minutes, it looked like Watford Wolves were going to win that game. Yeah. So um, they they got you know you know as I was saying the Wolves, I was still thinking Troy Deeney, and I'm saying in my head that's yeah. not right. He doesn't play for the Wolves. Pep has never even dropped points against Watford in the league. No, and, and, I, and, I, and I think that's going to be a foregone conclusion. City. I, mean, I don't think it's, you know, nothing's ever, for me, nothing's ever a foregone conclusion, because I do think it's cup final, Watford will up their game, but City will have had a week off leading up to that. They'll be able to play their strongest team. Yeah. Um, if they don't win, I will be very, very, very surprised. I will be very, very, very angry if it turns that's out true. again. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll be Wigan again, basically. <laughs> um, I don't need to do that again. I don't but, need to do that. But, but I think City are going to knock out the Champions League. I I still think they'll win the league, but I think it's going to be it's going to be tight. I, I do think Liverpool it's drop on the last day. I think I, I think Liverpool drop points one more time, but so does City. But Liverpool don't lose; they just they just drop points, mm-hmm. and it, and it comes down to goal differential. That's what I think happens. Um, That's fair. And, and, and City end up with a triple, a treble, but it's a very... It, it, it shouldn't feel disappointing, you know? No, but it will. Because they that would be complete dominance of the domestic game. Yeah. Total and complete dominance. And you take, what, you take it anyway. I mean, you know. Here, here's a question I want to ask you. Would you rather win the Premier League or the Champions League this season? Champions League. Really? Yeah. 
See, in a vacuum, I agree with you, but that would mean Liverpool winning the Premier League, and I can't cope with that. Uh, yeah, but in a vacuum, I, I, I think it also means that Liverpool would win the Champions League if City don't. Oh, I don't know if we can assume that. I, I think Liverpool will get past Barcelona. But, That'll be fun. But, my God, if, if Barcelona and City meet in the Champions League final. Whew. That would be fun. That would be a legacy thing, wouldn't it? It would be so fun. And I honestly, I would want City to win that game, but my God, would I have fun watching it. Like Lionel Messi versus Sergio Aguero. Oh, God, please. Please win the second leg. And they still got to get through either Ajax or Juventus, you know. Yeah, but, that tie is very much open. Yeah, I, Juventus got their away goal, but... but, I, but yeah, I, but Ajax put in... Look the better I team. Read, I didn't see any I didn't see any of the game, but from what I read on Twitter, Ajax were in... The better team, yeah. They, they controlled the game... And 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 Allegri very much. Ronaldo's Ronaldo's goal was a sucker punch that wasn't entirely deserved. No, no, and it was a flying header that he scored too. It's not like it was a classic Ronaldo goal. Um, but but yeah, I, I I Juventus fans really want Allegri out. I've kind of been watching that situation, uh, especially because the whole Pep rumor came up. That's bullshit. Pep ain't going anywhere. Everybody with City knows that. That's just Juventus talking to talk. Like, why would Pep even want to go to Juventus? A, he doesn't like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, he's not a Ronaldo fan. He's a Messi fan. He groomed Messi. You you don't just groom Messi, talk about him as the best player of the game, and then go coach the guy who says he's better than him. It just doesn't happen. You remember how things went personally and tactically at Barcelona with Slotin and Pep? That's exactly what would happen between Ronaldo and Pep if they ever had to coexist. Yeah. No, it wouldn't work. And and at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> there's nothing about Serie A that I think appeals to Pep, other than the culture of living in Italy. Like, Pep loves that stuff. But Pep just opened a restaurant in Manchester City. It's the toast of the town. He's hauling in money. His wife, I think, is doing uh, some sort of clothing line or some shit. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I know his wife is, is very active within the community and doing her own thing. Uh, it just, there is, what does Serie A provide right now? It has been Juventus, 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 Juventus. And even when somebody finally managed to put together a team that was fun to watch in, in Sarri, even Napoli couldn't do it. It's just Juventus, Juventus. Like, they've won the damn league, like, how many times? 35, 37 or something? And, like, the next closest person is at, like, 10. Why the hell would you want to go? It's basically <clears throat> it's basically like going into the Mountain West and either coaching Boise State or Fresno State. You just have this inherent advantage. Yeah. Or, or, or going to the Pac-12 and, 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 like, Urban Meyer taking over uh, USC. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. It would not shock me if this is Pep's last real managerial job and he goes back to the Barca Academy or something after this. Yeah, I, I actually think the next step for him is Spain, but I think there's a lot there that needs to happen in order for him to take that over because that's a very political job, and Pep right now is sort of on the outside looking in 
<coughs> because he sport, supports political dissenters. Um, so there's not a lot of incentive um, for, for Spain to install him in a position where he would have even uh, a larger voice uh, within the Spanish community. Uh, I just, I, I think right now that won't happen, but I do think that is something that I, I, you can't tell me that dude isn't looking at a World Cup trophy and saying, I can win that. No. He's the ultimate competitor in football, and I truly think that that's the last thing on his bucket list. Whether or not it happens, I think it's sort of a, a life type thing. I don't think he'd, I don't think he'd love it because he, but I think he would do yeah. it. But I don't think he'd love it because he, there's not that sort of. I think he would give it one oh. training ground work for months on end. I think it would you be know, a one-time watched. deal. Like he would yeah. have the job we for the, four years, and he would make one go. Yeah, we've we watched the World Cup. Tactically, it's so rudimentary. Yeah. Because they just can't install anything more sophisticated in the time that they have. Um. So. But, but if he takes over Spain, those players would already know how to play what he wants to play. Would they? I, that generation is getting quite it's old. Gener- it's getting old, but I still believe that those players could, could play like he wants to play. Look, Cristiano Ronaldo is way older than Messi. Like, he's got so many more accolades to his name because he's older than Messi, I think, by about five or six years. Um so, of course, Messi still has more time to play. Messi's like, what, barely 30? He's hitting his prime. Um, and, and I, you know, I, Sergio Ramos, I, I, uh, you, you know, you, you have Gerard. He's kind of whatever, but, but, but it's not like Barca is suffering right now. Like, it's not like they are. And I know that they have players, you know, from everywhere, but, but there's still that Spanish base at Barca and Real Madrid. And I think, yeah, these players are going to know how to play possession football and then turn it up notch. Like, they can do it. I mean, I, I believe that. Like I said, I really think this comes down to whether or not Pep can get along with those that are in charge of, of, of the Spanish team, whether he can get along with, with people in the kingdom of Spain, so on and so forth. No, uh, PK, PK has retired from the yeah, team. Yeah, my bad. And, and David Silva um, retired. Sal Silva's retired. Um, I'm not sure about Sergio Ramos. I don't remember. I haven't seen anything from Ramos. I don't think he has retired. I don't think he's um, announced it yet. Don't know. Busquets is still involved. He's thirty. Um, I mean, they've got talent. Like two of the two of the midfielders, Saul and uh, Rodri. It sounds like City of Settled on Rodri is their primary midfield target for summer. I'm not. Again, I'm not going to sit here and opine on guys I haven't seen play, but everything I've read about him just sounds perfect. Ramos would be about. 33, or 35, excuse me. Ramos is 33. Yeah, he's 33. He would be about 35 around the next World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking around. Thiago is 28. He could still use him. Yep. Um, well, he, his forwards, Spanish forwards, are always an issue. They haven't had a good one since Fernando Torres forgot how to football. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't know. Um, real quick, Crystal Palace. Yeah. Away, Sunday, 
City will play this game before Liverpool play theirs, so they will be throwing the gauntlet down. Um, this is one of the games that City dropped points in last season, but they did win this game in his first season. Obviously, Palace beat City at home earlier this season in a result that looks dumber and dumber with each passing week. What do you think is going to happen here? Um, I think it's another one of those slow, methodical victories, if we're being honest. City, City won, Crystal Palace new. Yeah, I, I think maybe 2-0. Two, two they could one. score 2. They could score 2. 2-0, two 2-1 two sounds fair to me. Yeah. Liverpool-Chelsea, do you have a prediction? I think it's going to be a draw. Liverpool 3, Chelsea 1. Okay, that's fair. But, but, dude, I don't have a lot of faith in this. Let me, let me rephrase this, man. I want it to be a draw, okay? <laughs> I just... We're going to switch roles between the optimist and the cynical pessimist at freely. Because right, right after we got done saying, I think so, you're going to go through the Champions League. He doesn't. We're going to turn this around. Say Josh thinks that Liverpool might drop, they're going to drop points to Chelsea, and I'm sitting here like solid a score seven. This is what we do. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at the recent call-ups for Spain, and they really, really do have like Cesar Aspilicueta. They've got Nacho, Bartra, Marcos Alonso, Carvajal, Monreal. Uh, Isco, I mean, like you said, Thiago, they they have Alsace, Lucas, superstar. Lucas Vasquez. I mean, they they have players. It's just a matter of they don't have like this. Alvaro Morado is just not good. Yeah, I, I used to be an Alvaro Morado optimist, but those that time has passed. Uh, dude, Murata can kill City, but for some reason he's incapable of doing anything else. So, I, I mean, you know, I I, I think City are going to end up with with a domestic triple, um, and and they'll go out in the Champions League. That that's a good season. Can we just put that out there right now? That is a good season. Yeah, but I'm still going to be disappointed. I'm still going to be so disappointed. That's just, that's. I would still rate that as a, uh, as a, as a successful season. Well, I mean, we'll find out, won't we? We will. We will. This is going to be very much a match-to-match situation here going forward for the next month or so. So. That's what makes sports sports. Yeah. It twists and turns. I, I don't think that we have seen the last of the high drama for the season. That is for sure. You know what I want to see in closing this out and sort of turning it on on a uh, a fun note? I want to see somebody score a goal and then do like an Old Town Road celebration. You know, j- just an homage to some little Nas X. I don't think that'll ever happen because, you know, they have their own music over there. And, and our music doesn't seem to, to drift the same way it does here. But I've been on an old town road kick, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I want. I just want to see somebody do like a TikTok dance. All right, let's follow. Let's um, put the information out there. The usual information. You can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can search for us on iTunes and subscribe to us there. They're sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. Still, 
And um, yeah, that's it. We'll be at you a lot more. We are hoping to line up some some guests so you can add some add some extra perspective to our to our podcasting. Perhaps the, the, some views from overseas. Um, so stay tuned for that. We are going to, when we can, drag you through the end of this season with us. However, it, however it plays out. Um, so thanks for listening. For Josh, I'm Gray. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Peace.